Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of St. Matthias Anglican Church in Katy, Texas. Today's sermon was delivered by Father Jason Grote. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Today we celebrate Trinity Sunday. In terms of the Christian calendar, it may appear to be that day which kicks off the lengthiest of the church seasons. And by that I mean after today we're going to celebrate 20 some odd weeks of the Trinity season. It will go all the way until we reach the beginning of Advent at the end of November or the beginning of December. I'm not sure when it falls this particular year. But today's feast day isn't just the beginning of a new season. In some respect, today's feast day is also the end of all that has come before. It is a final day of celebration for the work that has been accomplished. Now, anyone who has been here for any length of time comes to this feast day and knows that it is perhaps the longest service that we have apart from Christmas or Easter. I mean, we didn't sing it this morning, but most years we sing what is probably the longest hymn in the hymnal. I bind unto myself this day. We have two lengthy passages from Revelation, from St. John, and we recite the long exhortation as required by the prayer book rubrics. But in addition, today is that one day in the year that we recite that much longer, multi-paged creed known as the Athanasian Creed. And if I were to ask how many just read and said the words without any clue as to what you were saying today, I'm sure that many or more than just one or two hands would go up in the air. And you wouldn't be alone. (laughs) Every so often I have to go back to my reference books and review some of the stuff that is said in that particular creed. In many respects it's difficult, not because of its length, but because this particular creed deals with what can be called the essential view of the Trinity. It deals with the essence of God, meaning who God is as three persons, yet one God. It speaks to each person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, as all being part of the one Godhead, and yet not three separate gods. It defines each person of the one Godhead as being above and apart from creation, all three being neither made nor created, and all being eternal. It says that each distinct person of the Godhead is of the same substance, and equality, with none being subordinate or less in nature to any of the others. All three persons of the Trinity are all united in sharing the same divine attributes such as omniscience or omnipotence, omnipresence, and so on. And there's no argument that this is difficult to comprehend. It's beyond our understanding to fully comprehend something such as three persons, one God. Actually, in trying to understand it, we often, as many have in the past, delve into areas of confusion and heresy. Logic, as invaluable as it is, can easily lead to contradiction and erroneous conclusions. 
For example, some said and still say Jesus is a God, but not the God. This is what the Jehovah's Witnesses will say. Others said that God just revealed himself in different ways, in different what we call modes. At one point, God manifested himself as Jehovah, Father in the Old Testament, and then as Jesus in the Gospels and in his incarnation, and then finally as the Holy Spirit from that point forward. So it's not that there were three persons, one God, but rather one God who appears in three different modes. And this is what some portions of Pentecostalism believe today. And these types of things were and are actually heresies. And they're nothing new because the church has really faced these issues almost since the beginning. Was Jesus really God or was he just similar in nature to God? Was Jesus really human or did he just appear to be human? Or was really just Jesus really just an ordinary man? who was chosen by God and became something special at his baptism when the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And what about that Holy Ghost? Is the Holy Ghost really God? Is the Holy Ghost really a a person? Or is it simply the energy or the divine force of God? These are the questions that we're wrestled with. And it was for this very reason that such a strongly written creed, like the Athanasian Creed, was developed. The church had to be clear in what it believed and what was the Catholic, meaning universal, faith. And that understanding, which is derived from the teachings of scriptures and the accepted by the councils of the spirit-guided church, was that which was termed the Holy Trinity. The triunity that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all part of the one and same Godhead. Of the same substance, none of whom are created and none of whom are less than the others in nature. But while it is indeed important to confess the essence of the triune God, there's another approach to the Trinity that we call the economic view. And it is this approach which is more along the lines of how most of us probably approach the Trinity. And it's certainly easier to grasp. It's easier because while the aspects of the essential view of the Trinity are indeed true, the economic view of the Trinity takes us out of the realm of what we might consider to be more theological or more theoretical or philosophical thinking and brings us into what we might label as real life or real life work of how God interacts and works within his creation. Every other week of the year, we recite what is called the Nicene Creed. And if we compare the Nicene Creed with the Athanasian Creed, or even the Apostles' Creed, we would discover that they all explicitly support the fundamental truth of the Holy Trinity. However, the way that it is expressed is different. While the Athanasian Creed uses terms like eternal and incomprehensible and subsisting, etc., The Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed speak of God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. It speaks of God the Son, who was made man and died and rose again for us. It speaks of the Holy Ghost, who is the Lord and the giver of life. 
The turn economy really means the way in which something is structured and operates, literally the law of the house. Thus, the economic view of the Trinity deals with how the triune God works out salvation within created history. The Father calls and creates. The Son redeems. And the Holy Spirit sanctifies and sustains. As 1 Peter 1 says, To God's elect who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. In this, we see God's desire, we see God's love, and we see God's care. And it is through the the three persons, one God, the one in three and three in one, that we find our existence and our purpose, our calling, our strength, and our hope. I started by saying that this special feast day is not just the beginning of a new season, but the culmination of all that came before in the church year. With Advent... We learned of God the Father's intent and determined purpose to send his only begotten Son into the world. Christmas and Epiphany, Lent and Holy Week, Easter and Ascension all pertain to the various points of Christ's incarnation and his redemptive work within the world. And last week we celebrated Pentecost, where God the Holy Spirit was poured out in abundant fashion upon the church to empower and sanctify the church. And so it's fitting that this week and every year on the Sunday after Pentecost that we celebrate this, the Feast of the Holy Trinity. We celebrate not only who God is, but we celebrate the entire work of salvation as accomplished by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Indeed, it is a mystery, but we rejoice in that mystery. For although it is a mystery, it truly is our salvation. In the name of the great and holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. We pray that God's Spirit has spoken to you and blessed you today through this sermon. If you would like to learn more about St. Matthias Anglican Church, you can visit us on the web at www.stmkaty.org.